0: Welcome
1: to the Pat Mayo experience. Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Shriners Hospital for Children open. We'll just call it the Shriners from here on out. That's much much easier. DraftKings picks and preview. Some bets towards the end. I mean, it's very early in the week. You don't need to get everything in. If you're ever looking for my betting cheat sheet for golf. Filled of losers the past two weeks. But a winner the week before. So, you know, up a little bit. That's always nice. Uh, You can find that on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the PME. On Wednesday, my DraftKings cheat sheet will appear Tuesday on dkplaybook.com if you're interested in checking that out. What you really want to do is become a member at fantasynational.com. That way, you can use all the tools, all the stats, the lineup generator, the ownership projections, the tournament simulator, and just make your own picks, uh, that seems to work out much better than, for people than actually just tailing me. But either way, joining me on the show to break this all down from osimo.com is Banraza, or Raza, <laughs> as I like to say, but you're not the one I should be talking to. Alex won all the monies last week in golf. The
0: boss man uh, had a good one. Yeah, he he had quite a team. It, not only did he win, he won going away, which in a large field tournament is something you rarely, if ever, say.
1: Yeah, so Osimo himself, he won the $8. You said he won the 33 too? I, I think he had the same team
0: in there, which was just a dominant domination station.
1: Yeah, it's funny, like uh, I always have my FOMO bets and the moment that Cuss reverse cursed Cameron Champ and gave up on his career, he got added to the list, but then I just completely forgot about adding him. So that was stupid on my part. Here I am betting a list in Siwoo and I'm supposed to bet Champ and then I forget to bet Champ and he wins.
0: Sad, yeah, I, I, you know, shout out to Fantasy Golf Man who I do my Tuesday show with. He got me on a little Champ, uh, convinced me to roster him a bit wasn't enough because guys like Grio, Burgoon, uh, a lot of the gang could not find the weekend, which is brutal.
1: Yeah, in, in the Giant GPP, I had a team that ended up coming top 500 with five of six because Emiliano Grio blew up my week. Uh, because for whatever reason, I'm looking at him again this week. It's like, man, if he could just putt this week, it'd be great. He's now lost almost 20 strokes putting over his last four events, and he's missing cuts in there. He's not even getting all four rounds. Yeah, it's in some ways almost more impressive that he
0: can lose so many in only 36 holes, but uh not lying. I'm looking at him a little bit too for Shriners. It's hard. You just can't quit the guy because his ball striking is so
1: good. And once we kind of dig into the tournament here at TPC Summerlin, it's at elevation, so you don't necessarily need to be a bomber, but just go back and look at the players that finish inside the top 10 at this course every year, and it's good off the tee, good irons, and Maybe you make a few putts. That that's the entire game plan here.
0: It really is. Uh yeah. I mean we've seen Bryson Cantley recent years and certainly going back, that is the formula that makes for some egregious tilting guys that you can look to. So We'll see. I mean, I, I've been,
1: I wanted to ask you, what have you been enjoying the the lower six of six with the new cut rules? So I wanted to dig into this with you a little bit because at Cut Sweats on Twitter, Nelson's bot that tweets everything out to tell you the percentages. <laughs> the one thing that I've noticed through the first three weeks, and like I've really been struggling to get six of six through, but it's not just me. Like the six of six percentages through the first three weeks, at least in like the giant $8, which the majority of people are playing, it's like 4% of people getting six, six of six through. Like who knew chopping those like five spots off would have such a high impact. But if you look at it cat, like cash game lineups are the ones getting six to six through it almost like double that rate. So maybe balanced safe is the way to go here.
0: So far that's been the theme. Um, Yeah, certainly I've, I always check out cut sweats and yeah, it does seem like, you know, right now you're the more risk reward. It's not paying off, but again, You know, it's a fluid situation and you're trying to find some upside in there, but it's incredible. You chop five guys off and certainly the ties are making the impact, but six of six, it's you you get one or two teams through, even in a bunch of them, you're doing uh, better than the field, most likely.
1: Last two weeks, I submitted 20 teams, and I have yet to get a six of six through and had like eight guys finish just off the cut (laughs) number. It's incredibly tilting. So hopefully I can narrow down the core a little bit more this week, sneak like two or three of them through, and all of a sudden, like you're live at that point to win, if you have a six of six with so few people, unless, you know, all of a sudden this week, it's a spike up to like 30 or something like that. But if it remains around three, 4%, like it really doesn't matter these six guys you have through enough work can be done on the weekend, knowing that there's no MDF. So the six of six is actually even more valuable than it was before. Oh, it's gigantic. Like you just said, there's no Saturday
0: cut. Uh, most of these swing season events are birdie fests, which means your guys can go out early on Saturday and fire a 64 vault up the leaderboard. It, You get six or six through you are in contention, regardless of where you stand after
1: Friday. Did you follow, were you following the Safeway at all over the weekend? Cause I kind of oh. like, wasn't paying attention on Saturday morning. You know, Scott Piercey shot 80 on Saturday. So
0: I saw him, you know, his scorecard had, had the colors where you're like, Oh, I didn't even know that was a color. Cause he made like a nine. Um, I was watching a little. I saw Munoz shoot up the board, uh, a couple of things like that. Leishman, of course, just once I gave up on him, but I, I didn't check. It seemed like Champ had it kind of in hand on Sunday.
1: I, I was hoping because I had an outright bet on Morikawa. Uh, he was sort of like my, my favorite of the high end guys. And I thought he was going to make a run and just he stalled on the weekend. It was weird. Like he got himself to, I think, 12 under. And then he went like bogey, par on the par five, bogey power on the power five to end Saturday. And it was like, what are you doing, man? Like you were, you were having a good week. You were right in this. You're probably the best player who's double digits under par right now, except for Justin Thomas. Like you could have put yourself in this and he just went away. It was really surprising.
0: It was a weird, I, I felt like that happened with a lot. You know, Bryson was one of those where he was, he shot up the leaderboard and then kind of just slowly fell back, Uh, you know, to a lesser extent, Bud Cawley was a guy that I, I was certainly rooting for. He had a terrible Sunday and that's what you get with swing season. You know, you kind of have to live with it, but it's not, not bad. I mean, I I like to see some of the big names are making the tracks to some of these events
1: yeah, this field is incredibly loaded, uh, especially yeah, at the not top. Yeah, I, I did just want to talk about Piercy for a second, though. Uh, he, This is his, like, home course, basically. It's a, it's Vegas. That's where he's from. He went to UNLV, I believe. Him and Adam Scott, UNLV guys. But he has three top tens and seven starts here. He's made six of seven cuts. And one of the things that I lo- really like to do on Fantasy National is look at, like, the round-by-round stuff, which you can do. So if you just click on, like, the rounds next to them, it just shows you what they've done per rounds. He gained on approaches, in three of his four rounds he's actually gained nine of his past 10 rounds on approaches yet he lost four in round three like it was just the round from hell like do do you think that's going to put a lot of people off of him because I can see going back to him this week I
0: think yeah I mean it's going to be an interesting blend people are going to look at course history and see that he's got a lot of it and some successful here but at the same time last week his stats were abysmal. Um, And as you mentioned, maybe it was just, you know, a round that got away from him and and really tainted everything. Cause you said he went, I mean, he shot down the leaderboard in a hurry uh, on the weekend. The putting is what it is with him, but I don't, I don't mind. I could get on a little Scott Piercy this week. No doubt about it.
1: How many of the top players in this field do you think are playing in this event just so they can go to Vegas and gamble?
0: Well, Brooks. So that's a hundred percent one. Well, well um, Bro- Bro-
1: Brooks not only is doing that, he's bringing his brother with him because he has a sponsor's invite to this tournament as well. See, there you go.
0: So yeah, he he counts for two right off the bat. Uh, who else? Man, some of these guys I don't know. can't lay eh. Bryson definitely, Webb definitely not. Um, and <laughs> Woodland maybe. I don't know who else we got. Tony Finau. What do you think about that?
1: It's funny. That I was I, I was going to like. I, I think he's a Mormon. So I guess when,
0: next words in my mouth. He's a Utah guy,
1: so I don't know about that. Yeah. And, so, but and he just like he must have some sort of conviction to play this event because he just played two consecutive weeks in Europe and now he's over here.
0: Yeah, he's been he's been here a lot. Uh, I think he's played this like many many years in a row. I want to say so. uh Who knows? Maybe decky's a degenerate gambler. uh Hopefully, he's not betting on himself because he's another one who I can't seem to get right lately.
1: Yeah, let's see. Shriners for, yeah, five years in a row, Fino's played it. Made the cut every time. Wasn't all that good last year, but still came T36. That was his second worst finish. So I actually initially wanted to bet him. He's 22 to one. And I just looked at the feel like Brooks being here has pushed everyone way down the betting board, which is really nice. It just can't lay as such an albatross at the top. Like I'm probably going to go full fade on him on DraftKings. He's 12 to one to win, but he's come first and second the last two years here.
0: Yeah, there's no denying. I mean, in his brief uh, course history, he's just torn this place apart, ball striking. And then even, you know, just to dig into him a little, we saw him in the swing season already and he just, you know, uneventful, but he couldn't putt. So he's going to his preferred surface. It's hard not to like him, but I do agree in the betting market, having Brooks as a lightning rod uh, pushes everybody down. And we've already seen, you know, the swing season traditionally, it's those Not all first-time winners, but a lot of guys can kind of break through and punch
1: their ticket. Oh, I got a guy this week. My first bet on the board is one of those guys. So maybe I'll reveal that here in a second. He's a very nice price on DraftKings, too. But let's talk about the course. TPC Hmm. Summerlin. It's at elevation. It's in Vegas in the desert. The rough is dry. You can get through it pretty quickly. Like, 7,255 yards is somewhat misleading because it's not going to play as long as that. However, it's not necessarily a bombers course like bryson and cantley have won the past two years but like Webb has won here in the past kevin nah another unlv guy has won here in the past so almost any sort of skill set like if you're going you you want to gain strokes off the tee if you're going to go with a shorter hitter you better make sure that they're the like Francesco Molinari mold, obviously, where you can still gain strokes off the tee despite not being the super longest hitter. Accuracy makes up for a lot of that or being able to position the ball properly. But irons and driving, the two things that you need to know. Shorter, short-ish par fours, that has really correlated well from what I found. Uh, 400 to 450 yards or six of them on the course. So, And you can eagle some of these par fives and almost anyone can eagle them as well. I think there was 40 between the three par fives over the past few years. So basically, just what it boils down to every week who's going to ball strike the best and you hope they get lucky with the putter is that what we're going with
0: that's what we're going with uh you know when i looked at the course certainly we've seen it enough to kind of know it's not tricky it's just it is what it is it's not going to play long you have options you don't need to to be aggressive but you have the luxury of being able to pull driver in some of these if you want to and then yeah like you said they're big greens you should be able to hit them bent grass you hope to get lucky and you got to make them because this is going to be pending that we don't have any wind uh, scores are going to be pretty good.
1: for it, sure. It, it, we have seen it get windy at this course before, but I don't see anything in the forecast on a Monday right now. So that's not really telling the viewers anything out there. I would check in on it, but it, honestly, like, if someone was telling me this the other day like I only really track wind for like wave stacks to try to get people through the cut or to play first round leader or it's particularly informative for like showdown purposes if the morning on Saturday is going to be fine and then it's a disaster later you can just load up on the early guys and round 3 showdown or round 4 showdown but someone was like well it's going to be windy on Saturday afternoon, so I don't want any of the leaders going out. It's like, what are you talking about you don't want any of the leaders? Like, that makes no fucking sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, don't. That's next level thinking. One step ahead, two steps behind style. Um, Like you said, first round leaders, showdown, those are things where you can kind of hone in. And as we've seen kind of the last couple weeks, I know on some of the shows that I've been doing, we've gotten a little tripped up by the weather, you know, thinking, oh, man, it's going to be this massive wave split and it doesn't always materialize so we have to monitor it but we don't need to overhaul our lineups
1: and it's especially in this part of the year where they do seem to divvy up the very top end players between the am and pm wave for tv purposes that that can severely affect like a wave stack because the talent gap between these top guys and the bottom guys is so vast that even if the good players are in the bad wave they're still just the best players so they're going to play better than the bad players in the good wave
0: no doubt. Yeah, it's not all just because of weather. So it's it's like I said, we've seen it, maybe something will come up. But right now, that's not even remotely on my mind. Uh, we got enough to break down without the weather.
1: So let's talk about these guys above $10,000. Brooks is the most expensive. He's eleven seven. Probably going to be out on that. Cantley at eleven one, one Bryson at 10-7. Webb and Adam Scott are the five guys above $10,000. There's 144 players in the field this week, too. Top 65 and ties will advance to the weekend. It's, I mean, it's better than the 156. Gives you more of a chance to get six of six through. But if you had to go with one of these guys, and I'm not even sure I do want to go with them because I've looked at the $6,000 range and it's not pretty. But Cantley is like the chalk pick, but it might be good enough. Scott, I kind of like. I like how he was striking the ball. He couldn't drive the ball all that well, but the irons were pretty fire last week. Weird, yeah,
0: weird stats. His offensive was actually terrible, but his irons were fantastic, and he is the cheapest of the five. So, you know, it is a situation, and I rarely, I feel like I'm, this is more a minority stake for me. I actually do like Cantlay, and I know he's going to be the most popular of the five. I usually try to go against the grain, but it just seems like such a great course for him, not just because of how, He's finished. It's just his game translates here. The great ball striking. He can get hot with a putter, bent grass. It really checks out. So on certain, certainly on a plenty of my lineups, I'm going to just take the obvious pick up top and work down from there.
1: I think that there is a case to be made to avoid all of the very top guys solely because these balanced lineups probably give you better equity, equity to get all six of six through, but If I was to play one, it wouldn't include these guys. I'd play a more balanced lineup. If I'm going to play 20, I'm going to take a shot on one or two of the plus 10K guys and try to rework my lineups that way and to give me exposure to these guys in the lower sevens and high sixes, uh, whoever they may be. But I think I do as a whole want to go with a more balanced approach this week.
0: It's hard to deny that, you know, in these fields where the bottom drops out, you're really, you know, the opportunity cost of paying up or, or jamming two of these guys is massive. So I, I hear you when we have guys, we haven't talked about them yet, of course, but, you know, Decky, Finau, those types, uh, you save some money and it really helps on that last man in. So I will definitely have lineups that don't have any of these guys, but at the same time,
1: you know, someone like Cantlay can't be ignored. So I ran my custom stat modeling at fantasynational.com. Everyone can go there and make their own. Uh, the only thing that I did is I ran the stats that I want for the Shriners. And the model of the past two years for Shriners has actually been quite good because ball strikers keep doing well. So he has pushed those guys to the very top. The only thing that I did was remove stats from this tournament uh, as not to impact it and like, in- ingrain course history into it. And Cantlay still rates out number one. So that's... A
0: perfect way of kind of you, you just articulate what I tried to and failed. I think Cantley, I wish he almost didn't have good course history here because it would make me, you know, it would drag the ownership down and his game should translate at this course. When I think about what he excels at, it's a perfect fit. And now the course history pans that out. But just beyond that, it really is a,
1: a spot that I should be willing to buy in. The only thing that would worry me about Scott, and historically, he's a very good driver. So it's kind of shocking to see him ranked uh, 62nd in this field over the past 36 rounds off the tee. But he's been like bad four of his past six events off the tee, which is super surprising. Because long term, like over his like last three years, he gains almost two strokes per event off the tee. And now he's losing almost a stroke off the tee over his last five. And he's in the negatives over his last 10. So something's a bit off with him.
0: That is definitely scary. Um, last week, yeah, it's it's hard to know what to make of him. Obviously, traditionally, the putter, you know, him switching between the broom and the midget putter is uh, always tilting, but he needs to sort out off the tee. He can get away, as you said. He's not going to be super punished if he sprays a little bit, but at the same time, you can't be – way offline and expect to get away with it
1: yeah that's what happened to him last week he was the first round leader he was driving the ball well then he started spraying it off the tee for the final four rounds he still came t13 but that is of course where you can spray it around at silverado and he was still managing to hit into the middle of the trees
0: that's concern i mean the stats like like you said the irons were incredible last week and he still didn't ultimately he wasn't really contending at the end because you can't i mean that that is a major leak off the tee right now. So. I'm, I'm certainly interested. I just think all in all, you'll probably get a nice ownership discount there and you save some money. Those are two of the certainly appealing aspects
1: of it. So he's 10,000. Finau is right below him at $9,800. Like I mentioned, coming back from Europe, played there the past two weeks. Then Hideki, Woodland, Morikawa, Neiman at 94. Then last week's winner, Champ, Snediger, Hadwin, who came second. And Bjorn Hanan, who blew up a ton of, of lineups last week. Stupid Rick talked me into him. wasn't going <laughs> to play him. He's like, and rates out great. I was like, you know what? He does rate out pretty well. I'll use beyond hunt. And he was like four over after four holes. I was like, Oh no, this is just not going in any way how I thought it would. So, I mean, that aligns with how most of my golf picks work, but I think Finau versus Scott is pretty interesting. Like, Obviously, Fino has had success at this course, not elite success. I almost, like I said, wanted to bet him at 22 to 1. He played really well at Alfred Dunhill last week. He was kind of in the mix until round three at the BMW Championship two weeks ago on the European Tour. But I, I could see myself not using Scott Fino, Hideki Woodland, and just starting at Morikawa. I have faith that Morikawa is going to rebound. And I think this is a very nice spot to get back on Neiman.
0: So I'm with, I like Fino, as you just mentioned, the, you look at the course history, it's been pretty good. He's making the weekends, but when you really dig in, and this is not a huge surprise, but he lost strokes putting in four out of the five times he's been here. The the irons have been great. Uh, and so it's really, can he get hot one of these times? Eventually I would say the answer is yes. You mentioned Morikawa. He's just really
1: good. Uh, I don't yeah, know he, what else to say. He, he is. I know there's a lot of good players in this field, but, I actually like he's not necessarily undervalued versus the guys above him, but versus the guys below him. Like I know Snedeker is an awesome player. I know Hadwin's an awesome player and Ann and Fertelli and those guys, but it seems like Morikawa is that next guy who's going to take a leap. And when we come back, almost like Cantley was two years ago, that when we come back to Shriners next year and Morikawa plays, he's going to be like 10, seven. I mean, he just seems to have even what, and again, Some of this is just noise,
0: but I I will say Morikawa is one of these guys. It seems like even when he doesn't have it, he finds a way to hang in. He's pretty well-rounded where it's not like, oh, he's great, but he can't scramble or he can't putt. He's shown the ability to kind of do it all. Now, the strength is clearly the irons right now, but I I have no problem with him. I know we briefly touched upon him being awful last week. Do you have any interest in Ann, who traditionally is obviously one of the better ball strikers out there?
1: The, yeah, he lost stroke. He lost three and a half strokes off the tee in two rounds. The first time he had lost strokes off the tee since the RBC Heritage the week after the Masters. That it was a string of 13 consecutive events where he had gained off the tee. But he has lost at least a stroke with his irons in three of his past four. Like, it's looking like Sanderson Farms was more of an outlier ball striking and iron performance from him, at least in his recent past, than some sort of trend that he was going to get hot again.
0: He finally—I don't want to say he learned how to putt, but he had been a little better with the putter. Um, that's typical, Benny. I uh, can't put it all together. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I, if you—the thing I'll say is, if you're going to target him this week, I think it's good that he got cut last week. If you don't think there's a problem, because the ownership is about to torpedo. If he would have put together another good showing at Safeway, we'd be talking about him as one of the premier chalk
1: options. That's the whole thing. Like I can see jumping back on him because of the recency bias that you talked about. Cause the ownership's going to come in super low. It's just, I see Morikawa. I see Neiman at 95 and 94 and I don't want to spend 9,000 on. Ann. I just rather have those two guys.
0: Neiman's the tough one for me. I, I mean, we know he's talented, clearly already punched a win during the swing season I'm interested to see kind of, you know, he was great at Sanderson Farms again, Tita Green, he just couldn't putt, which had been a problem, but he had run off the streak, he got hot at Greenbrier, that's why he won. Um, I I still don't love paying the price, like starting with Neiman, I guess you could do it, but to me, I'm going to probably try to find the money to go up to someone like Morikawa or Finau, or honestly bump uh, to my second in and, and someone like or Fratelli.
1: Yeah, like, I think that if you go Morikawa and Neiman, that's a, well, those two guys might objectively be singularly popular. Them together, I think, is actually a contrarian build because people will want to get up to the very top and I just look at Neiman's numbers like he lost three and a half strokes putting at Sanderson Farms the ball striking was off the charts again it was off the charts when he won at Greenbrier but he gained eight and a half strokes putting but he's back on bent grass like every time he's on bent grass he plays well Bryson's almost kind of the same way that I know like even last week like you get him it was Poe last week but generally when you get him on bent that's when he gets his wins
0: Neiman certainly has shown that. I mean, he's still so young, but the talent's there. And he's another candidate. Uh, You know, I know it's hard to project, but it's not impossible that next year around this time, if Neiman was in this field, he's up there with Cantley and Bryson. Uh, He's one of those candidates for sure. So not going to be a popular build if you pair them up. I agree with that as well.
1: If Neiman hadn't played the Sanderson firms, I think he'd be closer to 10,000.
0: I agree with that too. Yeah. And again, that speaks to what I was kind of talking about with Benny on. It's amazing how one, especially when it burns people to the extent that it did with on everybody jumps off and we see how variant it is week to week. So you may be walking into a trap that there's an over looming problem, or you may be getting a discount in ownership on a guy that would fit this course traditionally.
1: So you don't have any interest in Woodland or Matsuyama here? I mean, I your guess is as good as mine with Deki. I don't
0: know what the problem is. He needs, and I, I, not to get crazy because it's only a couple of events and it's the swing season, but it's been a long while since decky's won, uh, going on years now. And the time is now for him to kind of get back in the upper echelon of players. And he has not, he's just all over the map with his stats. They're just very blah lately.
1: Yeah, his last win was in June of 2017.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't won since he lost to... I want to say Justin Thomas in that PGA. Uh, yeah. You know that one? It was like him and Kisner and JT late. He has not won since then.
1: Yeah, that's been a while for him. So, yeah, that's I would I, I still always like targeting Matsuyama, almost like Xander in a way at no-cut events, that they just seem to have a better track. Like, I think Hideki's won three WGCs, maybe two of them. Like, it's it's kind of weird.
0: Well, his... I mean, that time at Bridgestone when he was just Matrix Vision. That was, his, la- like,
1: that was his last win.
0: Yeah, that was – he had every bonus on Sunday that you could have. He made like a, a streak with an eagle to go all four rounds under <laughs> 70 and bogey free all at the same time. It was like a 30-point shot. Uh, Snet-
1: sure. would, you, would you go Snedeker or Hadwin?
0: <sighs> I mean, Sneds is someone that I always have a little interest in because of the way he can putt. But man, he is not doing much. Talk about bad off the tee. He's the opposite of Benyon. He he pretty much loses every single week uh, and bails himself out with
1: the putter. And Hadwin gained a bunch on approach last week, but he had the hot putter going as well. The problem Mm -hmm. with Snedeker, Hadwin, I'll even say champ, uh, who That rates out pretty well here. I, I don't think anyone's going to play him, me included. And even Ben Ann, who I'm not going to play. The reason to fade those guys is the $8,000 range, and the first four guys that we get to are all extremely playable. Like, you have Dylan Fertelli, who you've already brought up. He's $8,900. Then you have Scotty Scheffler, who I just love, is $8,800. Shez Reavy is eighty seven, And my pick to win this event, Jason Kokrak, is 8600 bucks.
0: What? That's the secret guy that you liked?
1: Yeah. Dear God. That's shame. Shame, uh, shame. In, in two rounds at the Greenbrier Ben he gained over four and a half strokes ball striking, but guess what? Couldn't putt. Classic Jason Kokrak stuff. But you mentioned, like, this is a good spot for guys to get their first win. This seems like a Cokerack type of track.
0: Oh, boy. That is not... I was... Huh. Man, I'm going to have to look into Cokerack, so... You better hope it's not windy. I'll say that because he can't scramble. Um, do you worry a little bit? I'm just kind of digging into looking at his. You worry about him. He's got a ton of appearances here. He really hasn't made any noise. Do you not worry about that? Or do you think there's a particular reason why it hasn't clicked for him here?
1: Well, he has made the cut four consecutive times. Yeah, no good finishes. But I mean, I just assume it's because I'll, if I, have, I haven't looked it up, I'm going to go look at his strokes gain numbers. I bet he lost a bunch of strokes putting. Minus 2.6, minus 1.1, minus 6.2, minus 0. 0.9. Last, t- last year at this event, he gained almost four strokes on approach. The year before, over four strokes on approach. He comes in with good ball striking form. I'm just going to believe the skill set here for Jason Kokrak. You're
0: doing a good job selling me. and I'm, I am a noted Kokrak hater. I may, you know, this is just at first glance, but kind of with Finau, it's very similar in terms of, when you look at the course history, it's been lack of putting. They're both aggressive off the tee. Maybe I'll start some teams female coke rack and kind of be aggressive driver correlation.
1: Yeah. I do think that aggressive driving does help you. Obviously it does get you into trouble. If they do have a good driving week, I think it does set up really well. Do you believe in Fratelli here? Cause he did a lot of work with his putter last week on his way to a sale. Like he did all his work with his irons at uh, Sanderson farm. He gained 11 on approach. And last week he gained a stroke and a half on approach and then gained four strokes putting. So the thing I like—it's—it's it's a
0: boom and bust situation with Fratelli. The thing I like about him is that on any given week he can get crazy hot with any facet of his game. On the flip side, you have no idea where it's going to come from and where it could—you could lose it. So traditionally, strong driver of the ball. You just mentioned he gained eleven strokes with the approach two weeks ago, and last week he gained four strokes putting. Um, that I think is always makes you live in terms of upside for tournaments. But at the same time, it, it's, you never really feel great that he
1: fits a course or the game is in a certain shape or condition. So, the other two guys I mentioned, Shez has been dialed in ball striking, can't make a three foot putt to save his life. So, he's going to be back on my radar because, you know, I love taking guys who can't putt. And then Scheffler, like I have three bets in so far this week. Uh, and one is on Kokrak at 50 to one, and the other one's on Scotty Scheffler at 50 to one. Like this guy's going to be really good, and this is a perfect course for him. Scotty Scheffler, just there's nothing bad to say
0: about him. He's he's just been awesome. Uh, we didn't we didn't see him last week, which I kind of like. Uh, I feel like maybe people forgot about how good he was playing. Just fire him up, and I you know he's getting a little discount because the fields are stronger. There's no doubt. Uh, but he easily can be you know your second or even third if you go balanced man in a, on a lot of teams.
1: And I think that this top end of the 8K range is better than the bottom end because then you got like CH3, the glove. Poston has been really good so far. Matthew Wolf, I think, is just an extreme unknown here. Uh, Then you have Putnam and Cam Smith. Cam Smith has been brutal. But for me, like, I want to dig into Poston, but if I want to play those upper end guys, I probably can't take him. And then I think it comes down to a coin flip between Wolf and Putnam. Putnam's been really solid. And if we're just talking about, like, guys that make cuts, Putnam is, like, sneakily the new CH3.
0: So Putnam is a problem for me because I can't get over how bad he drives the ball. Um, but he gets away with it. He's one of these guys that's just very atypical. I worry a little that he does most of his damage on Bermuda, especially around the green and with on the putting surface. I think you said it, and we don't know the answer. When we look back at this tournament, Wolf could be easily the most underpriced guy relative to where where there'll be in a couple years. Uh at the same time, he could just be overpriced. We just don't know yet. Uh it seems like a pretty interesting buy spot though.
1: Yeah, so in terms of like Putnam, because he's been playing on the Euro Tour too. Like he was twenty first the BM, he was twenty first the BMW PGA Championship. Like he made his way almost through the FedEx Cup playoffs, didn't quite get there. He has missed one cut. Actually, sorry, he hasn't missed a cut since the RBC Heritage. Yeah, that's a long time,
0: and it's just amazing because I'm looking right now during that stretch he's lost off the tee in one, two, three, four, seven out of nine events
1: still makes the cuts though he does and like and it's not like the like the putting can spike for him like you mentioned generally on Bermuda but he's not like a bad over like he doesn't he has one like egregious putting week that was it and that was at Travelers he still made no
0: the I mean he he finds a way there are certain guys I I kind of that's the Wyndham Clark where it's just like you have bizarro stats and you know with him it's the irons that's a totally different situation but Putnam seems to have a, a formula. I just I always have trouble getting to him because when I look, he stands out as such an outlier off the tee, surrounded by pretty much anyone besides Cam Smith, who's just that's a whole separate issue too. But I'll probably go to Wolf and, and JT Poston, someone I've I've been on for a long, long time, and he's starting starting to pay dividends uh, sticking with him. So. Not sure how many Putnam shares I'll ultimately have.
1: Yeah, I, I think I might be with you. I like Wolf more than I like Putnam. And maybe it's just because if we price this a year from now, Wolf could be the highest price guy in the field for all we know. It's it's That's not going to be Andrew Putnam. <laughs> much,
0: yeah, can confirm uh, much lower variance with Putnam. Is this a bubble course? Do I even say that? I mean, you're the bubble whisperer.
1: Has Bubba ever played here? Uh,
0: that was going to be my next question. Cause I, I mean, I can look, but I, I honestly, yes. don't
1: know. He, he played it two years ago and came 51st gained like five strokes off the tee and lost everywhere else. Uh, nice. I'll, I'll probably pass on Bubba only cause Piercy is right below him at 7,900 bucks. And you, you're not going to need much of Piercy, I don't think, but he is the perfect type of swing season guy. You know, he can pile up birdies. Yeah. he can shoot 80, but he could just as well shoot 62 the next day again i
0: mean this is what we're trying to embrace with boom bus guys he is the perfect swing season and he gets for an incredible ball striker he has more variance in his irons than any top ball striker i've seen he he loses it all the time but when he is on uh that's why you see first round leader types with him and can get crazy hot so looking at this kind of upper 7k range you got him i'm sticking with brian harman I don't think it's a great fit, to be honest, but this is just someone that I'm going to continue to play uh, until the price adjusts.
1: Yeah, he has three top 20s and two top 10s in his past four starts, and he's been gaining it everywhere, like ball striking-wise. And he hasn't... The the Greenbrier, he did have, like, the pop-putting week, but it went along with a good ball-striking week. If he could just do that again... Ugh, I'm not, I'd am not. i much rather take Harmon than Ryan Moore, I'll tell you that much, because Ryan Moore <laughs> did, did some damage to me last week.
0: <laughs> Ryan Moore is just... Uh, that guy yeah i have no i'm not going back there I lo- i'll tell you i looked closely at answer and ugh, god if i make enough teams i'll get a sliver of him because he's off the tee. he can really get in there but the rest of his game the irons have been kind of disappointing and i think more people will be gravitating to maybe hv3 who's just a hundred dollars less
1: yeah I, I the decision i have to make this week is whether i'm going to play Grio or not to tell you the truth Again, ball ball striking, top notch. Lost four strokes putting in two rounds, man. Like, it's so... I've been there, believe me. I know he's a bad putter, and the stats show it, and it doesn't really seem to be doing anything. But he gained a stroke at the Travelers. Now, I know that was like five months ago now, yet somehow that way he lost seven strokes around the greens. Like, I don't get it with him. It's gonna ha- it feels like it's gonna happen for him and it's gonna click. Like he should almost be like a FOMO bet for me cuz he's gonna come in like 75 to 1 every single week. But if his game ever does get together, he ball strikes it like an elite level guy.
0: Oh, there's there's no question about that. He's just his putting is so bad right now that even when he does that, it's not even like, "Oh, he's close to winning." He's just coming in like 30th. <laughs> um and that's the scary part. Like it's not even you know his last top 10 was memorial uh and even then you go before that he yeah he had one one top 10 in, in 2019 uh and it was a ninth place finish at memorial so this is a guy that has just shown no willpower to get in the mix and this is from someone who i roster GRIO more than anyone it's a real dis, first of all, expensive hobby uh because you just get so sucked in by the ball striking he just he cannot find it with the short game or the putter
1: In his past 25 events, he has gained on the greens three times.
0: What else is there to say? Now, he also, I I guess there's no other uh, segue for me to do it. He is priced right next to the actual winner of this tournament, and that's Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise, Wise. yeah, I know. I
1: hear hear this every week.
0: Yeah, I know. It's true, and eventually he's going to win again. He's a (laughs) Vegas guy. He went to college in Oregon, but I believe he lives in Vegas. He's played well here. Another good driver of the ball. I like that. He played at Sanderson farms. We saw him a little bit, just couldn't putt 7,500. Really? I, I thought, I feel like that's a clear, clear
1: buy. Yeah, it is. Especially when you compare him to his betting odds as well. He's the most mispriced guy, betting odds versus drafting his price. I'm with you. I like Aaron wise a lot this week. Oh. Um, I also like Jim Furyk at 7,500 bucks. Oh yeah. I have no Jim Furyk just
0: does it. Unlike GRIO. Uh, Jim Furyk is the opposite. He just kind of does his thing, gets through, just pretty steady. I mean, every time I say this, I get proven wrong. I always still feel like, can he give you the placement points?
1: I don't, you know what? You know what? I don't care if he gives me the placement points. I just want a guy who makes the cut in this range. Every guy (laughs) I take in this range misses the cut and it screws me every week.
0: And that's becoming more and more an optimal strategy with these new cut rules. Like, you tell me he comes in 28th again. It is a sign-me-up situation. You'll let someone else do the heavy lifting. Uh, Not everyone has to be the hero.
1: I've tentatively put a star next to Griot's name. I am not committing to that yet, but I just want to make sure it's on my radar. Coming through, we'll end up seeing here. You know, Lucas Beauregard's in this field? I just noticed that. Luke Speargard
0: is one of those guys who plays... I, I see him in the event. Like I will look... At the Euro leaderboard this upcoming week, and he'll somehow be there too. I feel like he's <laughs> everywhere. Um, wherever oh, he hasn't played at all. Yeah, so I guess now I he, assume he's been playing in Europe.
1: Yeah, he made a charge last week at Alfred Dunhill. The tournament I think he won the year before. I actually got a live bet in on him at 40 to one, and then he just tanked on Sunday. Uh he ended up coming like T17 or something like that. But he's a really good driver of the ball as well. He there's no doubt about that.
0: Um, another guy in there, I talk about this all the time. I, I really believe in taking some of your teams and saying, you know what, give me all those really solid, aggressive ball strikers. And then on other teams, you know, I'm going to go with, i um, just using Russell Knox as an example. <laughs> Don't get crazy people. Uh, those type of guys who maybe lay back a little further and have longer iron shots coming in.
1: Yeah, let's see what Knox has been up to. I know he was T-15 last week at Alfred Dunhill. He was T-46 at the BMW Championship, and he played in the Greenbrier the week before that. Weird schedule. There's a couple guys that are coming back over. So Knox, who played last week in Europe, Finau. Tom Lewis played last week in Europe as well. It's kind of weird to come over well, to play. Tom
0: Lewis, that was a whole bizarre, because he won one of the Corn Ferry events, so like he has some status. I he, he,
1: he has his card.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's... What a what a world. Um, not going there. You're not going to fill, right? That's just like permanent don't go there anymore?
1: No, I mean, wh- why not just go with the easy narrative and just take Johnny Vegas?
0: Now he'll be doing some gambling, obviously, on Narrative Street. Oh, wow, you just, hold on, you skipped over, I thought you were going to give your boy Lanto a shout out.
1: L- L- Can't miss a putt, Lanto?
0: <laughs> Insane. Insane putting. Just five, six strokes automatic. Uh, can't do anything else, but you don't need to, when you can do that.
1: No, I, 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 listen, I, I don't like his price. Like he shouldn't be 7,200. He should be like 6,500.
0: It's it's hard to argue with that. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, um, a, a weird, pretty shady range. If I'm being honest. Um, like I, I looked in-
1: like I said, I actually do like Johnny Vegas. I think what he does well is perfect for this course like he's, he's, he's another one he's gonna drive the ball a ton he's gonna be aggressive and even when you look at him last week he, he ended up losing on approaches but he gained in three of the four rounds it was really one bad round on saturday that killed him
0: he's been yeah i mean not bringing any news his short game and his putting don't inspire much confidence uh but i but you know he's texas guy maybe some bent grass we'll see um and uh, honestly the other thing so I looked at Nick Watney because he, he was up there for a bit, but he putting. did it all with the putting. All and putting, yeah. That's not something I'm looking to chase too much. I know he's just a little cheaper. <laughs> talk about, he's not to grill level, but Kyle Stanley, talk about getting sucked in every single week.
1: I told you I bet three guys this week. Kyle oh, St- boy. Kyle Stanley was the third one. He's
0: 125 to
1: one.
0: I'll be, there's no doubt that I will also have a ticket on him. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I just... He lost six strokes putting last week in His, two rounds in two yeah. rounds. That's, that's Grio style. And he gained, you know, a boat five strokes tee to green. I mean, this is a guy that we've seen him win before he can certainly outclass everyone that he's priced with. Now the miscut equity is, I mean, he missed the cut at Sanderson farms and Safeway. What am I saying here? <laughs> but I, I'm still willing to buy on him gains consistently off the tee. I'm, I'm there at, at flat seven.
1: Yeah, I'm in on that, too. Cameron Percy's just playing too well to overlook. So, kill a key here. Yeah, kill a key. It's not on Bermuda, so watch no, out. Uh, <laughs> but, but Cam Percy is another one. He's just killing it with his irons right now. You might as well ride that for him. The Stanley thing is interesting, and it didn't occur to me. So I do want to look this up just to make sure that I'm not wrong on this. No, he won quick. Yeah, he came second there. So the past two winners of this event, Cantlay and Bryson, what do they have in common? What tournament? memorial they both won memorial stanley has great success at memorial with a second oh, yeah. place and third place finish there in the past maybe there is and some seven. correlation between that course and this course okay i did
0: not think of that uh, i'm just proud of myself that i got memorial that was a kind of a shot in the dark um yeah i mean stanley's just a guy i i just look at the talent there and where he's priced and even at Trainers, you know he's He's played here, hasn't done much, but we haven't seen the really crisp ball striking that we know is there. Certainly hasn't putted, and that's not to be too shocking. So I'm with you now. I will say, you just mentioned Lanto as the extreme
1: putter. Denny McCarthy. I know. I, I fucking looked at him, too. I, I've never played guy, him before. guy, <laughs> insane. It, it happens every week, though.
0: No, every week he's like, he shoots like 76 on Thursday. I'm like, oh, wow, nice. 12% of people are just cooked. And then by Friday, he's nine under and he's gained 10 strokes putting. It's unbelievable how good of a putter this
1: guy is. What happened to Bud Cully last week?
0: What happened? I can tell you in sum it up very quickly. I desperately needed him, not only in DFS, I had a big head-to-head against Munoz um, (laughs) and that ended predictably bad for me. Very bad.
1: But, like, I look at his finish. Like, I, I wasn't really tracking him at all. Maybe I'll go to the round per round. But he, finished in, the ne- he p- finished in the negative off the tee, in the negative on approach, in the negative in putting, and gained five strokes around the green. Yet he still came 44th.
0: Noted scrambler. No, he, on Saturday, and I don't have it in front of me if you have the round or out. On Saturday, he made a real, you know, charge. He was playing well. And then Sunday, he was, I, I didn't see what he ended up at, but he was four or five over. Uh, pretty late in the round, so yeah, that's he, where
1: he started losing it. He he gained on approach in each of the first three rounds and lost four strokes on approach on Sunday.
0: Yeah, see, that's not not great. not the answer.
1: So I, the only reason I brought him up is because I'm looking at the Memorial leaderboard from this year. Adam Scott was second. Adam Scott gained 12 strokes on approach at Memorial <laughs> this year. Uh, that's that's hard to do. Uh, Griot was in the top 10, like you had mentioned. Colley was inside the top 10. And like the other guys, Putnam was 17th. Where was Kokrak? Uh, I, I don't even know if he played that week, did he? Yeah, he might have not played. I have no uh, idea. He did. He, he made the cut. He came 62nd. Uh, yeah. So. That's just interesting to note. Uh, I just looked by Tita Green, who's in this field. Poston came 52nd, but was 10th Tita Green that week. He just couldn't make a putt. Uh, Malnati, Ben Ann. Ben Ann's someone who's had success. He was 17th this year. He was 2nd the year before that, so... I don't know if that. I don't even. Maybe I'm just cherry picking two names and thinking just far too much into this, just because of Kyle Stanley, and I want him to be good, and I'm looking for a reason to be him good, for him to be good. But the biggest reason is, is he's striking the ball really, really well. He just can't make a putt. Not atypical for him, but he does putt better on bent grass.
0: He does. And now we're talking about. We are certainly at the range where if he makes the weekend, it's a win. Um, Your seven thousand placing points are certainly not a uh, prerequisite to being targeted so i'm willing to go with a guy like kyle stanley every time in that spot
1: and on the past 36 rounds modeling that i have kyle stanley rates out as the 19th best player in this field cameron percy the 12th best player in this field oh boy cameron percy back back to back top 11 finishes against like crappy competition uh gained six and a half strokes at sanderson gained four and a half last week he's making a few putts let's go cam percy
0: he's australian he
1: is australian
0: okay that's him best cameron uh aussie that we have these days um yeah i mean i I definitely prefer stanley but if i want to mix and match down there there's no doubt that this guy is in form it's someone i certainly don't know a ton about but the stats don't lie that he's playing really
1: good golf Let's drop into the sixes. Uh, sure. Chase Kapka's is there. Going to use Chase Kapka. Where is he? He's last. He's $6,000.
0: He needs to just rest up for uh, Zurich when Brooks <laughs> is going to try to drag him to uh, status on tour.
1: It's going to happen one of these years.
0: It's definitely going to happen. And then they're going to change the rule.
1: Um, uh, so the, the other one I really want to talk about, $6,100. <laughs> Uh, if you actually look on a per round basis, if you shrink, shrink, it down to his past 12 rounds, he rates out third in this field. Unfortunately, he's been out with an injury since withdrawing from the CJ cup in 2017, but Graham Dillette is back.
0: It's the, I first, know. I... it's the
1: first event he's played in two years. And like, we talk about the Ben Ans of the world, like before anyone ever like looked at stats, like when, when. No, I feel like no one really cared about strokes, gain stats or anything like that until DraftKings golf actually became a thing. Graham Dillette was the poster child of team can't putt when DraftKings golf first started.
0: Yeah, he, he's certainly one of the original and not even just can't putt. He cannot scramble, um, can't chip Graham Dillette. So it's welcome back. It's been a long time. Uh, what what it, it was, it was a back issue
1: yeah he had basically the same thing that tiger had but apparently he didn't have the same access to surgery as tiger
0: (laughs) yeah that sounds very shady uh but no it's good to have him back i knew you would be excited uh as a fellow canadian this 6k range yeah i mean
1: like would you take a chance on him if he's healthy and he's playing i know he hasn't played in two years but like he does exactly what you want him to do for this course or at least he did do exactly what you wanted him to do for this course.
0: That's the problem. I think that it. I, I'm just not right out of the gate. That would be incredibly impressive uh, for him to produce anything. I, it's a long time. That is a long way away from uh, competitive golf.
1: Uh, in his last weighted event, he gained nine strokes on approach.
0: Yeah, that was back when I was rolling. In the, uh, believe me, I can tell you firsthand, that was a long time
1: ago. Uh, actual guys we can use from down here. We talked about all the European players. Kurt Kitayama uh, is just randomly over here playing in this event. Uh, a guy who's won three times uh, over in Europe and the Asian Tour over the past two years. He's a good player. He's made three cuts in a row over there. Uh, since the British, he played the Porsche, did well there, and he made two more cuts the past two weeks. That He's $6,300. Like, if you base his DraftKings price versus his world ranking, he's actually quite good.
0: No doubt about that. Now we see Alex Norin has torpedoed that forever, that strategy. But this is a guy that I've hey, targeted in Europe in, a lot. In, fa-
1: in fairness, that strategy won me 20K when I had Satoshi Kodaira.
0: <laughs> yeah, Satoshi really, it's true. He balanced out Norin. Um, I believe th- he's an American, is he not?
1: He is American, yeah. Yeah.
0: So he's a guy, like you said, he has won some tournaments over in Europe. Clearly, the strength of the fields is different, but we saw him, you know, I'm just looking. Obviously, I didn't know this. He played in Puerto Rico and played well, grabbed the top 20 a couple years ago. Uh, it's someone, if I had to go down here, he would be He would be in the mix. Now, there's a couple other guys when we talk about Max Homa, Sepp Straka, that they were in the sevens not too long ago. And I may look to them, but that is an interesting name if you're looking for someone that not a lot of people are going to know who they are.
1: So the problem with Straka is that he has been bad, like really that's bad true. recently. He missed four cuts in a row. Like that, that's not great. Seb.
0: What about, Oh
1: God, I, I got no. my guy. I, 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 you know what? You didn't say it, but I, I think we're like linked right now. It's is it $6,400? It is $6,400. Is it zing Zuzang?
0: It is. It's the Chinese bad boy. <laughs> the, there China, it
1: is. the Chinese cheater. He has been fire with his irons. I'm using him. He 6,400 bucks. Let's go.
0: He gained a cross, you know, it's only one tournament, but I always love, it's hard not to love when you look at a guy and he just gained across the board at Safeway, uh, grabbed seventh and he was just, yeah, no doubt about it. So I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, he has no success whatsoever when you look historically, but again, this is the swing season. He may be in form and at this price range, what are you really sacrificing? There's not a ton to like down here
1: using him and you can sneak him through gives you access to two 10 K guys. Like if you want to use Cantley and Scott or Cantley and Finau or whatever, you can do that. If you use Zing, Zhang.
0: Zing, Zing, Uh I will say part of me just wants to be smart and just pay a hundred dollars more for doc Redman who he missed a cut last week, but he's just good. I think. Yeah, I agree. Like, 6,500 for him. No problem with that and price.
1: Look, man, I got a star next to his name. I got him rated 29th in this field. I'm definitely using doc red, he was one of those guys that missed the, missed the cut on the number last week who really put the screws to me. But either way, I'm willing to listen. If you're talking about like $6,000 players, they're going to miss cuts. Like, that's just the reality of it. Uh, at least take a shot on a guy. Like both these guys could get placement points. Like, it's funny when we talk about these like mid seven thousand dollar guys or low seven thousand dollar guys. I'm not super concerned about their placement points. I want them for the cut equity, but the rosters that I construct around these guys, I know they can spike in terms of DraftKings scoring.
0: So that's something that I've talked a lot about over at Osmo with some of the subs. That in swing season events, you really don't know who is going to do the heavy lifting, and not that you do for a hundred percent anytime. But this is the time of the year where you're absolutely right. You can get someone down here who can spike a, a big finish. And, it, you know, one of your top-end guys coming in 12th, it's not ideal, but it doesn't mean that you're dead and buried. So I looked at guys like that. Harry Higgs is another young guy who's he's – even... he, he, We're on
1: exactly the same page this week. Yeah,
0: so we're we're toast. It's yeah. not good. But he's, yeah, 6,700. I mean, just responded really nicely last week. Quality player that he
1: could easily get in the mix. The only other two that I really wanted to talk about, I mean, I don't want to talk about Andrew Landry. I gave up on him last week and he was first round leader, which really, really (laughs) guts me. But I'm probably going to go back to Burgoon. (laughs) He
0: he was, I really thought he was going to sneak in. um, And then he just didn't. Uh, I I, 6,900, he's certainly in a price range where you can make a case. He just so, ugh, and... Ben grass doesn't look great for him, but you know what? I, I may take a stab or two, just cause I do think he's got
1: some upside. And the only other one from down here is Mark Hubba Hubbard guy gains Ooh. on approaches. He had the one bad week, the week that I used him two weeks ago at Sanderson farms, but he's played three events in the swing season and he's come inside the top 15 twice.
0: So Hubbard is a name that I didn't look at. Where is he? Uh, 6,400
1: or 6,500. Yeah. 64
0: oh, with Taylor Gooch. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'd another, rather, I'd, I would
1: rather play him than Gooch.
0: I, I, I would say that too, just looking at it. Now he did gain, <laughs> gain a boatload on the greens, but traditionally, as you said, he's gaining with the irons consistently. So that's, you know, when we get down there, I always take the approach, give me a guy who can do one thing, you know, somewhat consistent and somewhat like spectacular. I, I don't care if the, you're not going to find well-rounded golfers in the low sixes.
1: No, but if you are just trying to target one specific thing, and let's, I'd say that past 36 rounds is a reasonable enough sample, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So guys that rate out inside the top 10 of key stats that I'm looking at. Now, one is Graham Dillette for approach, but he hasn't played in two years, so you probably don't want to go down that route. The next closest one is Matt Every is inside the top 10 in this field and par fours from 400 to 450 yards. Seb or Scott Brown is 10th in par five scoring over the past 36 rounds. Seb Straka is sixth in strokes gained off the tee. Fabian Gomez is eighth in strokes gained around the green then we have, let's see here. There was one who double popped. Oh, it was Doc Redman. He's top 10 in strokes gained off the tee and top 10 in par fours gained 400 to 450 yards. Ryan Armour is fourth in those short par fours. Andrew Landry is third in those short par fours. Charlie Hoffman is seventh in those short par fours. Then you have like Wyndham Clark is second in par five scoring. And then the last guy is Keith Mitchell, who's fourth in strokes gained off the tee. Like those are the guys who kind of pop.
0: And that's, again, you're going to be able to build through some of those. Now, you don't want to, you got to be careful unless you're making 150. You don't want to be taking too many stabs down here, but you have some narratives. You have a couple guys that fit nicely. It's wide open. I know there's some win equity up top. The fields are getting a little stronger, but there's no doubt that some of these six K guys are going to be in the max
1: for sure. Let's talk about the bets. Uh, Like I said, it's only on a Monday. So and I want to kind of dial back my exposure uh, in the betting market because I've been having more success with DraftKings playing golf actually recently, which is really the inverse of most of the time. However, I think this might be something I hit in play or I end up trying to make some like head-to-head bets, uh, round-to-round head-to-head bets, that kind of thing. Just using Fantasy National, the data has been really good for this specific event. So having the in-tournament live data from the site is going to be really beneficial in playing two balls and three balls in round two, three, and four, or even trying to pick up a guy halfway through the tournament who's just not putting at all like like when we hit JT or when i hit jt poston at the uh what the hell did he win
0: not whatever whatever benny lost because i needed benny on badly
1: Windham, he has had a he had a great ball striking first round, couldn't putt, and I picked him up at one hundred and ten to one. It feels like that could be this sort of tournament if one of the very elite guys doesn't win. But tentatively, I have Scotty Scheffler fifty to one on the each way, Kokrak fifty to one with the each way. That is one fourth the bet for a top five finish, and I have uh, Kyle Stanley one hundred and twenty five to one with the each way. I bet Siwoo at one hundred and forty because that's the way that it goes. And I have a confession to make, Ben. You ready for this?
0: Um, I I. think I'm ready. I'm prepared.
1: Unless he can finish inside the top.
0: Oh, no. 15. Luke list is being
1: blacklisted. Uh, if he can't finish inside the top 15 of ball striking this week, Luke List, one hundred and sixty 160 to one with the each way, will be off the FOMO betting list.
0: Wow. That's like me with Peter Uline. Uh, it's funny. I was going through that this morning. I was thinking about, some of the guys that I, you know, some I did stick with, others I didn't. Um, Peter Uline is one that he is wearing thin- as thin as thing could be because he has just been non competitive. Uh, boy, yeah, I really Scotty Scheffler 50 to one. Um, for me, Aaron Wise is just I'm, I'm willing to attack it. I don't you usually have better numbers than me. I see him 66 on where I'm looking right now, but uh, yeah, there's some guys it's wide open.
1: 66 is actually a better number. That I see. I see 60 for Aaron Wise right now. Luke List, and the only reason I'm going back to him, he has two top 20s in his past two starts here. So hopefully his his former prowess off the tee returns. He can figure it out, maybe break even on the greens. Who knows? But he's been so bad since he cashed that 50-1 to 1 ticket for us, the PGA yeah. Championship. Maybe it's just like, hey, I'm in the Masters now. This is great.
0: <laughs> he's just, well, you better hope that's not the case because I believe Kokrak will be uh, at Augusta next year yeah yeah i don't know i mean like i said you said this right at the beginning of the show and it's worth repeating brooks the odds funneled to him and it really does bolster some of these other guys as we work down so now he could go out and just kill us all maybe those late night blackjack sessions will have him ready to roll but i don't know i i'm more apt to say you know what this is a wide open event and i'm gonna bet it like that
1: yeah and full fade brooks dk Probably. yeah. Oh, that's not fun. <laughs> no,
0: but I believe me, I'm used to it. I, are you kidding me? He's killed me so many times. I, I'll, I, we'll have to see what the ownership is. Obviously, if he shrinks down to really appealing, I might get a sliver. I just have so many other priorities up top of how I want to construct my lineups.
1: I'm looking at ownership projections right now. And people are so disinterested in this right now that people haven't even generated lineups yet. Like calculated ownership, like Again, this is Monday afternoon. I have Brooks at 16%. Can't lay at 21.
0: See, if that's the case, then yeah, I would I would full probably full fade Brooks or come in way under. Now if he's like eight percent or something, maybe I come in closer just because I can live to fight another day. But again, you're paying a premium. We don't know. I do think with Brooks more than other guys, and a lot of people think this, that he sometimes is disinterested. Uh, and he is in Vegas, which can get a little saucy.
1: Oh, who would you think comes in of the top 20 guys besides Cameron Champ, who's coming in with, like, no ownership at this point? So from Rack all the way up to the very top, guess who has the lowest ownership?
0: From Rack all the way to the top, I will say Sned's Bryson.
1: What? Really? Yeah, I got him right now at 6%. Now, that could be completely off, because, like, four people have made picks so far, (laughs) but... Uh,
0: Yeah, for me, Bryson is he showed enough and I even if he didn't play last week I would I would continuously take some flyers on him because when he gets going he can just win anytime he's out there
1: it is the first time that he's gained across the board in all four strokes gain metric since he came second at the 3m yeah that was that was wolf right yeah, it was Wolf who ended up beating him on that eagle putt to screw my bet on Bryson. but uh, And the last time he did it before that was the week before at Traveler. So it looks like if he can get it going a little bit, like, remember for a while, the guy couldn't drive the ball whatsoever. Now he's getting like two and a half strokes per event off the tee. So- that's the thing with Bryson. It's
0: And I don't know if that's because of his whole scientist routine. It seems that he has trouble getting, when he's unhinged, getting back and riding the ship. But when he is in a flow, he is unstoppable at times.
1: He is, and just looking at it right now, John Deere, Memorial, Northern Trust, the year that he won. That was actually POA, Shriners, and Dell. Guy wins on bank grass, man. He does.
0: Bryson, I... He's going to be interesting, a wild card for me this week. I'm not sure exactly what I want to do with him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I made the critical mistake because I, I identified Bryson and Molinari as the two guys that no one was going to own last week. I was like, well, I got to take one of them because you know, they're both awesome. And if one of them pops, I'm going to be great. So, of course, I took Molinari.
0: So I want to just that made me think of it. Do you ever look so they were playing together? You ever have a preference to kind of pair a couple guys up who were playing together?
1: I never you know what? I never actually look at that. Maybe I should. It never really occurred to me to do it.
0: I do it occasionally, like in that situation, they're kind of Molinari and Bryson playing together. I kind of liked that last week to maybe pair them up, go against the grain. I do look at that in certain spots. Uh, don't know if there's anything to it. I just kind of interested in your thoughts there.
1: I'm looking at uh, Bryson's career on the PGA tour. Do you know that he has a top 20 finish in half of his PGA starts?
0: The guy, so this is kind of, he's not at the Grayson Murray level, but I will say Bryson with his antics, I think people don't understand that he is a dangerous man when he gets, like he ripped off multiple wins. And then, yeah, he, even though he's had some rough stretches, it's insane. Some of the things he's done in a pretty short period of time. He has
1: five wins on tour in the past two years.
0: Yeah. And people hate him. Yeah. All of this is true. And that's what I'm saying. I, there is something to that.
1: Let's do it. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Bryson. There we go. Off, off Cantley. On to Bryson. Yep, that, I'm, I'm Lee... glad we talked this through. Now watch Cantley win and Bryson <laughs> Yeah,
0: he's gonna just first second first, and we're gonna look like idiots. But <laughs> no, I mean Bryson, you don't have to convince me, tough, to to make a case for him.
1: All right, Ben Khraza, you'll be back Wednesday, Wednesday on the DraftKings show for NFL this week, doubling down golf and football.
0: I gotta get ready. Yeah, I gotta uh get a good rest up next couple of days and I will be back ready to talk some football, no doubt about it.
1: And you got a ton going on over at Awesome So you guys are doing videos all week. I'm guessing what what's the most fun one that you do? Is it the golf show or is it the college like football show?
0: So the honestly the most fun show I do is Fridays, uh 11, noon, actually, noon Eastern. It's the betting show where we talk the NFL lines, make some picks, have some fun with that, talk Survivor. But we're doing a ton yet, not just the content, the tools, the projections all, all over there. Have plenty of golf shows, plenty of NFL. NBA is starting, which I won't be terribly involved with. We have some of the best guys in the business, no doubt. So you can use the promo code Jazraz. hop on over. We would love to see you there.
1: All right, and shout-out to awesome himself for taking uh, taking uh, all the monies this week, or at least last week in DraftKings Golf. Did pretty well in – did really well in football too, didn't he? He's
0: on a nice little run. It's been a good – good little week for for team ostomo now me i'm dragging us all down but the rest of the crew has uh been on a nice tear so i'm hoping to catch up uh in the short term here
1: uh, maybe maybe you, usually uh my guests get the pat mayo experience bump like when al won the million bucks or when you know drew drew has well you got it twice so yeah i just mean, say
0: i i have the, the owl from dumb and dumber because of that um yeah i had it back to back that was amazing
1: yeah you had it back to back weeks then you cashed 100k at the Masters, so that was nice that was also useful yes yeah drew cashed 100k week one when he was on the show and I, D- <laughs> davis didn't lose the week he was on the show so that's a big win for him so oh, I, I, I just want something to reverse here maybe i can get the reverse mo going on my side
0: i'm gonna give you there is no such thing as the jazz or bump but we're going to try to institute it right now. So here here it is. It's coming. Since I'm on the show twice in the same week, uh, I think good things are going to be happening.
1: Excellent news. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. I think I forgot to do a giveaway. Uh, how about this? If you've made it this far, smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me uh, who's going to win. Boom. You're in a draw for 20 DK bucks. All right. Become a fan member at Fantasy National today and check out all my work up on DKPlaybook.com, my betting sheet sheet up on facebook.com slash the PME on Wednesday. All right, good luck with the Shriners. I'll see you next time.
0: Experience!